if our guest's voice sounds familiar, it's because for a long time, he was an embedded correspondent on the Barbecue Central show. But that's not all. He's the owner of Steve Ray's Midnight Oil Service, which is also the home of the Owl's Nest Barbecue Supply Shop in Ottawa, Tennessee. The man has made barbecue a major part of his life. And he's also a fan of baseball. He is the perfect guest for our show. This is long overdue. He was on our bucket list of guests, and I am so glad that we finally have Steve Ray on baseball and barbecue. Steve, welcome to the show. Jeff and Lynn, thank you so much. And first of all, let me say I am impressed you pronounced Ultawa correctly. <laughs> I've been working all day on that. And that, and that is not a, it's I've not never an easy heard thing. of this town before. <laughs> you have? I have I not. <laughs> it's not really a town, Jeff. It's more of a wide spot in the road. <laughs> yeah. well, With a gas station right in the middle of it. <laughs> there you go. Fine. Look, as long as you, does the gas station have food? No, no, it's, it's an old, uh, it's a, it's a mom and pop. It's a real service station. We work on cars. Gotcha. So you you can't get any of those service station hot dogs? No, no. Then you do need one. You need one more place in the town. You need food at a gas Occasionally right next door in my barbecue place, you can get some pretty good barbecue though. You know what? I saw some of your YouTube videos and you're cooking out there with right outside the shop. Yeah. Good. We, uh, we do that quite often, and uh, we sit up in the back a lot of times and cook big events. It's, 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 a, it's a hoot. It's, it's a real hoot place. Well, Steve, let's get right into you. Like I said, I first became aware of you on the Barbecue Central show. We could talk about that later, but I want to find out about how did you get started in, in barbecue? You, didn't, uh, you, you started with the service station, right? Correct. And then what led you to then put in barbecue? Well, I've, I've owned the service station 38 years. Uh, needless to say, I'm, I'm ingrained in my community. The, the story is the not unlike a lot of people. Uh, one Sunday afternoon, I was on the couch. The weather was terrible outside. I was watching, thumbing, flipping through the channels, came across barbecue pitmasters. Watched it for a second, then went on by. Then I came back to it, and it kind of caught my imagination. And I uh, ended up watching it for about three hours. They were running one of those marathons. And I said, this is incredible. This, these guys are smack talking, eating food, cooking food, having a good time. I said, I could, I could really get into that. Next day at the gas station, all my buddies come in the morning. And one of my friends was a barbecue person. And I said, have you ever been to a barbecue contest? He said, yeah. I didn't even know they existed. I, I had no idea. And so we, right then we formed a team. I was in this barbecue. Went out and bought a smoker, practiced. Went to uh, Cleveland, Tennessee that summer and competed in our first, our first event. And it was, it's been a blast ever since. That was 2013. And it's been a blast ever since. So you went, so you watched the TV show, which mm-hmm. I love that show as well. And, and so many people have seen it. And you just decide, hey, looks good. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to start barbecuing. And you right. have become, uh, and, and then you competed. And that's, that is really amazing. We went to the first the first contest there in Cleveland. I, I got to meet Myron Mixon was there, John Trigg was there, Donnie Bray was there. All the all wow. the big ones were there. We were we were competing in the backyard division. A friend of mine here in Chattanooga is 
is Myron Nixon's pit runner, TJ Weehunt. And uh, TJ was nice enough to come over and invite us up on the trailer. And uh, we got the first first class tour by Myron. And uh, what a nice fellow. And uh, I mean, I'm, I was hooked. I mean, I was hooked. That was the only contest we cooked as a, a backyard team. I said, fellas, if we're going to, if we're going to do this, you know, there's not a big difference between backyard and pro. I said, we should do pro. At the end of that contest, we weren't uh, pro and never looked back. So you formed a team with your friend. How'd you come up with the name Owl's Nest? Well, in Ottawa is Ottawa the, um, <laughs> a lot of people think that the translation the Indian translation of Ottawa is Sea Rock City, but it's not. It's uh, Owl's Nest. The community is home of the Ottawa Owl High School football team. And it's just the, it's, everybody has an owl. It's just our thing. I collect owls, but so does everybody else collect owls. So it's just, it's just our thing in the community. And it made sense. If you lived next door to me, you would say that makes sense. <laughs> You know, that's what's great about barbecue, because uh, I watched uh, a Met game and said, wow, I'd like to do that. And I tried pitching and uh, yet I was never able to do it. It's nice that we have something that we can watch on TV and take it up and become uh, quite accomplished at it. It's a nice well, that's the, thing. That is the thing about professional barbecue. You can uh, just enter and you can compete against the best that there's ever been the first, the first time out. So, and um, you know, I never got that tryout with the Braves down here. So <laughs> barbecue was the next best thing. So yeah, Owl's we- Nest make, name makes sense. I like to ask all our guests how they came up with it, their, their names for their barbecue teams or, or business. And I saw that you had Jeff Reiser on one of your YouTube videos. And I like how he came up with his name. You know, dead broke him, dead broke. Oh, <laughs> that always, always broke, yeah. That's a good yeah, one. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good one. There's a, I mean, you know, the, the names of teams have always, sometimes they, they fascinate some people. I don't, I don't find them that fascinating there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just the name, you know. Yep. It's, you know, I, I, I like the ones that kind of push the edge, like grill on grill action, Matt Pittman's, or Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt Frampton's, I'm sorry, Matt Frampton's team. Uh, you know, they kind of push that envelope a little bit. I never... I was never ballsy enough to do that. Those guys that do it, I, I really admire. Yeah, my, my team. Com- I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Len. In competition, okay. do you have to have a team name? I, everybody does. I mean, I guess you could be Steve Ray, but that's not very cool, you know, because we have stickers on our, our, our trailer. We have a trailer, and we, we got the, the logo on it, and uh, it's kind of our identity. Got it on our shirts. It's, it, yeah, you ought to have a name. Yeah, it's like horse racing. You, yeah. You're not going to just put out a horse number one or something. My barbecue competition team is called Burnt Ribs. So, uh, <laughs> yep. See, burnt ribs, burnt ends, burnt, burnt food, burnt up. There's all. There's all out there. It was either that or dried out brisket. I, I, I have to, <laughs> you know, have to determine which one to use. But now, the first smoker that you guys bought, what was it? <laughs> this thing we went to a. Uh, <laughs> it's great. Uh, we went to this place down over in um, Red Bank, Tennessee, which is just across the river. And this guy sold uh, trailers and he had three smokers. And they were these, it's a real, it was a real weird looking thing. It was a triangular shaped thing with a flat top and the firebox was in the back. And the, it had a big door that lifted up on the front. The door was huge and you could cook a ton of meat on it. You know, we figured, 
at a barbecue contest, you know, you'd be cooking a bunch of food. We didn't realize even what it was. We bought that. I think it was $895 and we bought it because we could pull it behind the truck. And <laughs> that thing leaked like the Exxon Valdez. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't keep a fire going. All right. You couldn't keep the box hot. You had to have a fire that was about 2000 degrees and up to 250 inside of, inside the smoker. And the first time I, uh, I brought it home, we took, we put it in the backyard and, I read somewhere to uh, season it with lard. So I went to the store and bought real lard in, in the plastic jug. And I smeared it all over this thing. And, and, and I built a fire, but I built a fire underneath the, um, it had a charcoal bed. So I put a charcoal bed in it and I was mowing grass and, and I, my, something caught my eyes. My wife coming out of the house, waving her hands. The smoker was on fire. I had put so much charcoal in it. I looked at the thermometer, ran over there and looked at the thermometer. And it, it, it goes up to like 600 and it was buried. It was probably, you could probably see this thing from space. And so I had to get the hose out to spray the tires because the tires were getting so hot, they were getting ready to blow. So I had to cool the tires on. It burnt up all the wiring to the lights. And then, then I finally had to open the door and put the fire out with the hose. So you could see I was a I was a rookie from day one. knew nothing about <laughs> knew nothing about cooking or smoking or even how to season a thing. You know, it's funny because mentioned to a couple of people that you have the gas station, and then inside, you know, you have the where you sell all the barbecue equipment and and everything. They said, "Well, that's an interesting combination." I started out real small. I took one corner of our sales room. I brought. I called up David Boston. I said, "Hey, David, do you think?" I could sell some rubs here. Would you sell me? He goes, sure. So I bought some rubs from him, put them on a little shelf in the corner, sold them. And, and, and they sold really well. People would just come in and they were sitting there watching TV, waiting for their car to get fixed, waiting for the tires to be put on. And uh, we'd start talking barbecue. They'd buy, pick up a, a thing of, of a rub. You know, they'd come in there and pay for their oil change, their tires and their two things of uh, butcher barbecue, <laughs> private seasoning, private blend, and um, off they went. And it just, it just grew. It literally grew from a corner until it, it, it takes over the whole entire store. And we're, we're looking at expanding already. So it's, uh, it's been a real good business for us. It's, it's, I don't know if I could make a living doing at it at this level. You'd probably have to ramp it up a little bit, but it does well. It, it, it does okay. I have to tell you, I'm a, a big listener of the Barbecue Central show. Love mm-hmm. the embedded correspondence segment. Always really enjoyed your your take on things. Always enjoyed when when you had to come up with you know questions or things that you know how we'd go around and and ask if there was something that you were concerned about or that you wanted to discuss. I always thought that you put a very good topic out. Whatever you were saying, I respected. And then and, and actually one time I think you even hosted the show twice. Right when Greg, I'm the only person other than Greg that's ever hosted the show. Yeah, and that's and for him to hand I'm very that proud over, of that. Very yeah, proud. That's of that. I don't think he hands it. Well, obviously he doesn't hand it over to just anybody. So you're sure not uh, going to hand it over to Doug. That's for sure. <laughs> 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 All right, and I'm not getting baited into anything here. But what I'm going to ask you is, you left the Barbecue Central show. Yeah. Okay. Why Why'd you leave? I, you know, I just, I thought I, I thought I'd gone about as far as I could go with it. Greg is, a, I mean, he is, he's, he was my mentor. He, he helped me in every way he could. 
Um, I gave him 110%, you know, back. I just, I wanted to concentrate on my deal. I, you know, I wanted to be the star for lack of a better word. Not that I am, but um, it was just time to step out. I, I did it for about a year and a half. And I tell you, I, I will say this, fellas, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Greg. He, um, the first time I listened to his show, I've done radio here in Chattanooga for 22 years on, on the air. My show is actually on the radio too. We simulcast. And, but I did a car show for, for 21 years here in Chattanooga. And uh, the first time I listened to Greg on the internet show, I said, this guy is serious about what he does. And you can tell, I mean, he is, he is heads and shoulders above everybody. And I mean, everybody, and I'm not, Great. that's not a slam on you guys. No. He is just so good in production, quality of sound. Uh, nobody can touch him. And uh, I don't think anybody will ever touch him because I think if anybody gets close, he will ramp it up again. And I, I, I think there's more, I think there's more in store for Greg Rempe and barbecue than he's doing right now. I believe that this, he's going to turn a corner one of these days, become a, uh, a, a, an, uh, over the telestial uh, airwaves and uh, have a show somehow. I really do believe that if he wants, one, if he, if he wants. One. Agree a hundred percent. I've always said that if we were to get just, you know, 10% of the, what he does or be able to do 10%, of oh, that, we'd be doing quite well. But the, the thing is now you have your YouTube channel, you have your podcast. The show gave you a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. Do you miss that on Greg's show? The exposure oh, no, no. That you received? No, I don't. I don't miss that. I okay. don't. Uh, you, you know, it, it was fun. It was it was, it was a lot of fun. But um, mm-hmm. there's other things that are fun too. Uh, what, oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, what I do on my show is fun. No, I don't miss it. Yeah, no. The reason that I'm asking is because I would go like, back tomorrow. And let me just be honest. I would go back tomorrow. Greg, please go. <laughs> <laughs> but, if, if the the only reason that I'm asking is because we know with this show, the exposure that we get, whether it's Jeff, Jeff you know, Jeff gets invited on a lot of podcasts to 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 be a guest on a lot of shows for some oh. reason. I I don't know why they don't. Ask I wouldn't me say a lot. Number one, number two, it's only baseball related because Len, uh, let me tell you this, Steve, Len knows a lot more about barbecue than I do. So I I, I know which one, which one of you two have been on Greg's show. That would be Leonard. Oh, I haven't been on his show. He's he's mentioned my show on his show. But he hasn't you know, invited you on his show. No, no, no. I have not gotten an invitation yet to be on his show. But What's uh, he waiting for? But he has shown his picture. Yes. Oh, <laughs> he did, yes, because he sent me uh, a pandemic face mask. And, um, <laughs> and I wore it proudly. And he did, and I sent in a photo, and he did have me. So I guess I was technically my face was on his show. Yeah. My eyes, my eyes, and my hair, because the rest of me was covered, which, which is probably a good thing. Well, he uh, should have you on. He 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 should have you on. Well, you know what? That's if he wants to invite me on. I, you know, I bowl on Tuesday nights, but <laughs> but I but I'd go on right after. So, oh. <laughs> but. Really? It, What's your team? What's your bowling team name? Ballers or something like that? Yeah, no, we're called this year, at least we're called the Big Swigs. The Big Swigs. <laughs> yeah, the Big Swigs. That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> ours, ours was called French Fry Fingers. Ah, uh, 
<laughs> gotcha. Yeah, it's a handicap league, and uh, which is good because my being on the team might be a handicap. But anyway, <laughs> besides that, all right, we got that out of the way. Now, well, let me let me ask this. Thank you. Steve, you have. I'm looking at your YouTube channel. You have a, a plethora of videos here, which is is great. A lot of long form interviews and a couple of short ones of you know snippets of of interviews or or kind of like I saw one you making a a uh, dipping sauce was like a couple of minutes long. So yeah. and you you crack them out. I mean, you do what? How many do you put out a week? Well, I do. I, I put every show on on the YouTube channel. Every time we do a show, I put it on the YouTube channel. And when we're goofing off at the station, we uh, I'll video it. I'm I'm really interested in in the video part. I've got I bought a couple of neat little cameras, and uh, I like I'm trying to get better at editing. I'm not very good, but um, it's that's hard. Editing is is hard, and I'm not good at it. But uh, I do my best, and it entertains me. You can see I've only got 286 subscribers. You know, we're not we're not setting the woods on fire, but you know, hey, whatever. You know what I what I do really isn't YouTube friendly. People don't turn to YouTube for interviews. They turn to for how to advice. Right. And I'm big on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm big on Facebook. Well, I want to ask you also, what's with the pierogies are coming? Oh man. Have you ever had a pierogi? I probably <laughs> where do you, where do you, where do you, where do you guys live at? Yeah, uh, we're in New York. We're on Long Island. I have definitely had a pierogi. Yeah. Yes. My I grew up, my mother's from um uh, first generation American. Her, her, my grandmother and grandfather were from Poland. Growing up, I had pierogies. It was just like you had pierogies. You know, it wasn't a, a big deal. And the further south we moved, we moved from Richmond, Virginia to Knoxville. Uh, the further south you get, the fewer people have ever, ever heard of this food, and I'd have food, and friends would come over, and mom would fry them up. You know, like, what are these things? They were pierogies, and so it became kind of a joke. Everybody would go to Steve's house for his mother's pierogies. And I love them. And I learned, I learned to make them. I don't make them as good as my mom, but um, I'm going to have her. She's, she turned 88 yesterday. God bless. And I, and I'm coming, she's coming down this Sunday with my sister and I'm going to have her, my sister, my wife, my daughter, my two, both of my daughters, her two granddaughters. And I'm going to film her teaching them how to do pierogies in our kitchen, you know, sort of a, uh, a, a testament to her. Have you, um, and something fun, I think people will enjoy. You know, that's the thing about this barbecue thing. It's it it got me interested in cooking other things. Uh, I never I never cooked before I got into barbecue, fellas. I wasn't even king of the grill. If we had steaks, my wife said, "We're having steaks. You want to cook them?" I go, "Nah, go ahead." You know, I, I wasn't interested at all in food except to eat it. And uh, this is one thing that I think that, that's good that's come out of the barbecue is maybe interested in uh, in food different types of food, making food. You know, I've made pierogies a bunch of times since I've started. It's just, you know, kind of a, you know, they're good and I can make them myself. So. You know, it's amazing to me that, that it's taken this many years and it was watching a show and to get your interest in yeah. cooking in barbecue. I mean, it's really, it's fascinating. You know, when I was a kid, my dad would grill. We had well, at one time we had a charcoal grill. I don't think he liked that too much. I think, you know, making the fire and everything. And of course he used the lighter fluid. Mm -hmm. It was a little kettle grill. Maybe it was a Weber, who even knows? And then he, you know, he used a gas grill and he'd make chicken or whatever. And I always wanted to help and 
stood there watching and maybe he'd let me flip the chicken or whatever. But I think that's where I started to want to grill. But it wasn't until I really met my wife, who uh, I guess is considered, you know, a foodie, that I really got into cooking. So I guess there's something that that kind of spurs you. You know, we've had a lot of guests who have talked about that, that there was a moment. There was somebody they knew. There was a moment, like you said, the show. And all of a sudden, something clicks. And you just, you end up loving it. Yeah. Uh, my only regret, if I have a regret uh, in barbecue, my only regret is I didn't find out about this earlier in my life. I was, I was in my, I was 53 or 54 years old when I found out about barbecue and started a team. And uh, I wish I had uh, found out 20 years ago. Right. It is such a special thing. It brings people together. It is. It's, it's an incredible hobby, incredible business. Uh, you meet the nicest people. People come in the station all the time, heard about the store, come in, want advice, new people, old people. It, it is absolutely wonderful. And the people I've got to meet, people like Greg, Doug Shiding, John Solberg along the way are just have been enriched and enhanced my life so much. I wish I would have found out about it earlier so I would have known these people longer. I really do. Not that I'm at the end of the line or anything, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things like, man, I wish I had done that earlier. I know what you mean. You know, you have to know what you mean. It's sort of like this podcast. You know, we, I mean, we're doing it now for three years, but I wish that we had started doing it sooner. We talked about it for a long time and until we finally started doing it, because you're right, we meet so many people like you, you know, we, we're meeting you and, and, and you're right, like just the people that we meet. And then, of course, there's, the baseball people that kind of gets us to the next topic that we want to talk about, which is baseball. Jeff, I'm going to, even though we're both baseball and barbecue, I'm going to let you start the conversation with Steve. Talk some baseball. Okay. Steve, you mentioned the Braves. Uh, that your, your team of choice? Yeah. Everybody down here like follows the Braves, you know, especially um, started in 1992 when they got so good. Um, that real, they really caught fire here in the South. And, uh, you know, it's a funny thing that my first, when I, when I went, when I started dating my wife in college, I went to pick her up at her house and, um, went upstairs to her house and uh, her dad was watching television. And this was like on a Friday night, about six or seven. And he was watching the Brave on television. And I said, what are you doing? I'm watching the ball game. How are you watching? Now, you got to remember, this is 1978, 77, 78. And uh, I said, how are you watching the Braves? He said, we have cable television. I said, what's cable television? And he told me, he said, we get 13 channels. He that says, was a lot. <laughs> I can, he, goes, he goes, watch this. He turns over to the Cubs game. And I went, oh, my God. Because, you know, then it, usually it was uh, Kurt Gowdy and Tony Kubek on Saturday afternoons at 2 mm-hmm. o'clock. Sure, and then again, then again, a Monday night baseball. And that was it. I mean, that was it if you were a baseball fan. So I sat down and our first date was me watching the Braves with her dad. <laughs> that was our first date. We went and got some pizza and uh, came back. And it was, and, you know, it's just I was such a baseball fan. And then I thought, my goodness, you can watch it anytime on this cable television. Pay TV is what they called it back in those days. It was wonderful. And I remember when I first got pay TV. 
uh, the first thing I did was find out where super, you know, TBS Superstation and uh, both of them out of Chicago and Atlanta. And it's, it was wonderful. Braves were just, you're right, they, they started getting good in, in the early 90s and they win 14 Eastern Division pennant, pennant in a row. Yep. And I mean, the Mets tried to knock them, knock, knock them out and just couldn't get over that hump. They were so bad for so long, the the Horner years. And, and, and you know, it's just when they, when Sid Breen slid across home plate against the Pirates that night, you could literally hear the people in the neighborhood scream. I mean, it was, it was that exciting to know that we beat the Bucks and we're going to the, we're going to the series. It was, it was amazing. Then the strike happened and I got a little, a little perturbed with them a little bit and the whole all of baseball, but I'm still a casual thing. I'll, you know, I'll catch a few innings here and there. Right. Right. But you, you said that uh, up until you are a fan mostly prior to that strike. Well, I guess, you know, I guess it's my age too. Uh, you know, as you get a little older, you get, you know, you get interested in more in college football. And, you know, of course down, down here, that's, that's the big thing is it's, College football is on sports radio here 365 days a year. That's wow. we, we talk it every day. And it, it dominates. And with the advent of, of ESPN, and they just feed they just feed the fire, feed the fire, feed the fire. And uh, maybe, you know, maybe that's where my interest had. But as a, as a kid and a young adult, you know, baseball was, uh, was my favorite sport, that and golf, as far as you know, sports go. And, you know, the funny thing is, I played baseball a little bit when I was a kid. I wasn't very good. My fascination, and I was on my high school baseball team. I was the scorekeeper. I loved keeping score. I've got a, you know, I had the book, you know, keeping averages, statistics, and things of that sort. I still love it. I'll, I still will sometimes when I sit down to watch a game, I'll grab a, a pad I keep by my by my desk or and you know when I'm watching television, and I'll I'll just keep a couple boxes of uh, scores. It's just. You know, six to four to three, one to two to four, one to two to three, you know, and, uh, you know, F7, F9, you know, uh, K with a big circle around it. I just, I just love doing that. So, Steve, don't take this the wrong way, but usually the person that they ask to be the scorer is one of the worst players on the team <laughs> because they're, they're sitting on the bench a lot. <laughs> I wasn't even on the team as a player. I was on the team as the scorekeeper. <laughs> okay. Coach, Coach Grease cut right to the chase. He said, <laughs> We're not giving you a uniform, but I'm going to give you this book, Steve. Because <laughs> of all the out of these 18 guys, you, you're the only one that understands numbers. <laughs> all right. Well, that's so you can you can do it. But I loved. It. I mean, I didn't. I didn't begrudge it one bit. I, I loved it. I traveled with them and did it for two years. We we had a blast. Steve, you you mentioned that you had a radio show uh, talking about cars. Did you ever have a sports talk show? No. No, I hosted, um, co-hosted a couple times uh, in the afternoons with the guys on, on the radio station I was on. You know, they had me in. We talked sports, but I'm I don't know enough the, in the background of sports to you know talk it. You know, these guys, you know, they yeah, they are so smart. The, these sport, guys on sports radio, they know their stuff, and uh, that's why when you call them, you better you better have your ducks in a row and you better know your facts because they know them. They know their facts. If you call in with some BS, stupid comment or something, they'll call you on it, and they, and they should. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're they're professionals. They they take a lot of pride in what they do. Uh, these guys on the radio, and you may not like them, you may think they're stupid, but they're most of the ones I have met 
They're pretty doggone sharp. Steve, the trio of Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz, do you think that's one of the best threesomes ever? Well, you left out Avery. Oh, see? <laughs> yeah. See, I couldn't, I couldn't call one of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah, they were, uh, they, were, they were formidable, especially Bulldog. I mean, you know, he was, uh, Maddox was great. I mean, you know, he was my, he was everybody's favorite to watch. You know, 83-mile-an-hour fastball, you know, and nobody could hit him. You know, he just goes to show you that there's pitchers and throwers. The and, one uh, thing that Maddox would get criticized a lot about is coming out of games early. Well, he looks like a, a big, a long, a long starter now compared to what they do now. Exactly, that's true. That's yeah. very, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, they had McMichael coming out of the pen. You know, he was a hard thrower. You know, they had a good pen back in those days. I don't, you know, he he was great. Yeah. They were all great. Even Glavin, as, as much as I bemoan the fact that he couldn't pass up a strike, I, I mean, he was still a great pitcher. <laughs> what about the fact that they only won one World Series? I know. That's a, that's a, a bizarre statistic. As successful as they were, the only, t- only time they ever won was against Cleveland. Um, 1995. Yeah. I mean, you know, who can explain it? You know, at least they got one. There's, there's guys that would kill to have one. You know, right. talk to Lou, you know, talk to um, – Ernie Banks, let's play three. Right. You know, yep. And never even got there. And never, never got a sniff in, what, 24 years? And our thanks to Steve Ray from – where is he from again? Old Tawana, Tennessee. <laughs> I, 